0: You're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. We are live here at the UMFM station. A UMFM station. I'm saying enough letters, right? I'm here with Grant Davidson, also known as Slow Leaves. Hi, Grant. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm well. Very well. Very
0: well. Good. Well enough, anyway. Well enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so you have an upcoming uh, album release that we're here to promote uh we just finished listening to your song a piece of advice uh you were also a um umf or umf graduate so you i did
1: you i graduated from u of m uh i can't remember what year 2000 something or other okay i started here in 98 i think okay so
0: do you know how old i was in 98
1: no i don't think.
0: No, <laughs> that's pretty young <laughs> <laughs> what did uh what would you go to school for
1: uh, environmental science.
0: Okay, does that come into play at all in your music? Not at all. No. Not? What did you What did you learn about the environment? I guess
1: um, the environment through a scientific lens. <laughs> all
0: right, cool. It sounds like you learned a lot, but let's not talk about that. Um, people were just listening to your song. A piece of A piece of advice. Uh, can you give everyone who's listening a um, Kind of overall description of who you are and what you do in terms of a, as a musician.
1: Sure, uh, I I write songs, and so <laughs> I call myself a songwriter. Um, like you mentioned in your intro, I uh, I go by the name Slow Leaves, which is sort of a project name. Okay. Um, but I've been putting out music for a while. I have a few albums under my own name, Grant Davidson. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I make music and I try to share it with people, and uh, and that sort of uh, keeps me busy enough these days.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like folk, um...
1: right? It's I call it folk music. Um, I guess to be a bit more specific, it, it people often say it, it sounds '70s influence, which is okay. I think is because I've, I've I li- I've spent a lot of time listening to music from the '70s, so it's sort of got a folk country '70s ish. Uh, vibe to it.
0: mm Hmm. Okay. Um. You've this. How This is your third album, fourth album now, or
1: this is the second album as Slow Leaves. Yeah. And then I have uh, three previous. Oh, okay. Albums.
0: So a lot of more than I thought. Um, how has your sound kind of? Has it always been this kind of seventies folky sound? Or uh, pretty it, much. Yeah.
1: Pretty much. My earlier. Well my very first album that I made was very like singer songwriter stuff. And it was just, just me and, and a guitar for the most part. And a bunch of songs that I wrote, not really knowing how to write songs. And so, you know, there's something kind of interesting when I, when I look back to that, you know, Mm -hmm. because since then I've sort of, there's more kind of rules that I go by, uh, inadvertently even. But, um, but mostly I'm kind of embarrassed of that record <laughs>
0: just like it's actually not real.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was never made. Yep. Um, and then after that, I, 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 I got really into like early country music, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like, I don't know, in the vein of sort of towns, Van Zandt, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, like that kind of stuff. And so it, it had a real, uh, country sound, not top 40, but mm-hmm. like more of like an outlaw old country sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the slow slowly stuff, I, I wanted to kind of deliberately get away from that a little bit, at least the countryside of things, but it's still folk music and it, it's all in my mind, it's all a, it's been a pretty natural evolution.
0: Nice. Okay, good. Um, so the song piece of advice, what, what inspired that the, the, the lyrics and like the whole, mm. the whole thing?
2: Well,
1: uh, you know, I, I've, I've written a lot of songs that, uh, are kind of not always cheerful, I guess I'm generally kind of a happy guy, but, uh, like a lot of people, it's, it's kind of easier to write about things that make you feel sad or whatever, you know, sad songs. Um, so I had an abundant, an abundance of those, but in, in more recent times, including some of the songs on this most recent record, I, I didn't want to lie to myself. So there's always still some kind of a sad undercurrent, but. I I try to write, when I have songs like that, I try to have some kind of silver lining, some sort of Mm
2: -hmm.
1: bright light at the end of it. Because really, things aren't so bad, you know? Yeah. And so that's one of those songs where, um, piece of advice, it, I guess really I was sort of trying to write a song that was giving advice to myself. You know, I often say that I write a lot of my songs from the perspective of being close to my own death. (laughs) Because, you know, not in a morbid way. I guess it's morbid by definition, but... Mm -hmm. But ever since my mid twenties, I've kind of been obsessed with this idea of dying, and you know it's inevitable. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we what? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you'll need to talk to someone else. Yeah. But but uh, I became obsessed with this idea, and so a lot of what I've a lot of my songs sort of started coming around through that lens of of what I would be proud of looking back on my life when I'm old, you know, and I wanted to sort of, you know, like anybody, I want to have nice memories and whatever it is that happens in this, in my life. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't think it'll be, uh, I won't be looking back being proud of all the money I've made. Cause, uh, that might not be an option, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I want to look back and, and have, have happy memories of a, of a life that, I was, i'm satisfied with and so mm-hmm. i, I kind of write from that lens and and from that perspective I, I i i give myself wisdom from my future um self if that makes any from sense from your future self yeah
0: what do you what do you mean? i don't know it doesn't make sense to me what do you mean? like you mean so your future self is singing to you no no you are singing to your future self
1: no what um. I, <laughs> yeah, I'll, let, me, let me try to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so w- like when I write songs and, and, and a lot of the things I do in my life, it's sort of when I have a chance to sort of step back and reflect, mm-hmm. one of the things that goes through my mind is sort of how, how will I see this when I'm old, you know, will, it, oh, okay. will this be something important to me? Will it be meaningless? And in a way that sort of helps me sort out, you know, because like anybody, I get stressed over sometimes little things and you lose sight of, you know, some things just don't matter enough to get worked up on. Mm-hmm. And so sort of through that lens, I, I I try to, you know, help myself a little bit, um, not sweat the small stuff. And so with some songwriting that that kind of comes through also, like, for instance, um, when I make an album like, you know, I don't want to sound like a cliche, but I, I, I'm not making it to to fit into what is popular or you know what someone else will think is good of course those things are in my head like you can't escape those but largely I want to make music that when I'm older I can look back and just be proud that I made that that it's a document of something that was as honest as it could be for where I was Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and so again you know I I write a lot of music through that that perspective and Mm -hmm. so that's one of those songs a piece of advice is sort of trying to channel that that sort of uh wisdom if you want to call it and put it into a song as a reminder to myself mm-hmm. does that make more sense
0: that does now. now i okay. now we're on the same page but that 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 strikes up the question does that put pressure on you that your, your future self may not like it or you're like you're, are you are you trying to write something that is going to be good enough that your future self will still want to listen to or is it just like uh
1: well i don't know
0: you know your future self will be more understanding
1: <laughs> i don't know anything about my future self but you know, I think, I think all you can do is, is, you know, right within the context of your own life and in your own time. And so, you know, I try to incorporate those ideas, but I, I really have no control over that. But I think the main thing is that, um, you know, I, I think when I'm old, the thing, if I have any regrets, which, you know, I hope not to have any major ones, but if I have any gre- regrets, they probably, they probably won't be about, oh, I wish I would have you know, made more money or had a nicer car or a nicer house. I think it'll be about, you know, not, um, giving the energy and the time to, to push myself to make art that is as honest as I, as I can make. Mm -hmm. And because I don't know, I guess I'm wrapped up in some idea of, um, leaving some kind of legacy behind me, which is kind of BS in a way, but you know, but that's there. And I guess even just for myself, I just want to make these documents, Um, you know, it's like a painting, like you, you do it, it's there, it's done and it's done. And and if you do it right, it should stand up because if there's something honest there, then that'll still appeal to people, um, whenever
0: down the road, I don't know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So then what was your kind of image or idea for this album that you're releasing, uh, on the 28th? Um, what was kind of your idea or what inspired you to start writing this collection of music?
2: uh
1: i don't know i mean you know I, there, there was never like a decision to try to write certain kind of songs like i said it's often just a it it feels to me like a, a natural evolution from mm-hmm. the stuff that i've always kind of written about which is really just my life um <laughs> my own circumstances because that's what i know and like most people's lives a lot, a lot of the time it's just kind of boring so um <laughs> you know i look around at just ordinary things and i i try to I guess just reflect on them and and turn them into quote unquote art
0: art and so um in our previous interview uh for people who are listening and don't know you were actually um one of my very first interviews uh when Winnipeg when Music Project was still a blog before it was actually a, a
1: before you hit the big time here
0: yeah exactly the radio show on UMFM um so people can go back actually and read that if you would like. I, I'll be touching on it a little bit today, but if you want to read the whole thing, it's on the Project dot com. Um, but you said uh, when you are—I forgot why I was bringing that up. I was going to talk about it, but in the past or in, whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, with your writing style you start with melodies and and hooks on the on the guitar and then you will put in your lyrics and sometimes they become things and sometimes they they don't and i guess that's what happened with this album um but how do you know when something is good enough to to perform or to decide that it is a song or that it's going to go on an album like this that it's going to be your your art that's going to be timeless
1: (laughs) well i i i can only hope that something i make could be timeless but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, again, not, not, not that much thought goes into it other than I end up, uh, I get ideas and some of them become full songs. And I guess there's a whole bunch of nebulous factors that sort of go into determining whether a song becomes finished or, or kind of falls by the wayside. Um, and usually it's just sort of a matter of whether I feel really inspired, or whether it's an idea that I really love, and whether that sort of stays with me—that sort of love of whatever melody or mm-hmm. or piece of music that it is—and um, so you know, over over time, I I complete an, a, a number of songs, and I guess you know the once they're done, uh, then you can start to see them as you keep playing them, because for me, like. Uh, you know, really one of two things happens. Either I, I continue enjoy playing it or I kind of just, it's not that enjoyable to play Mm -hmm. after some period of time. And then, and then to me, that's, you know, that sort of says something that maybe it's, it's not as strong of a song or maybe it's just not as meaningful to me personally as it originally was, or I thought it was. So, so through that process, I don't know, I guess just naturally sort of curate. Yeah. A a group of of songs uh, that I like and uh, I don't
0: know. Okay. And one thing I, I didn't really talk about in, the la- in our last mm-hmm. interview, because I didn't know how to interview. Um, <laughs> what is your songwriting process like? Like I, I get the, the melody and everything you kind of have going for you first, but how, what, the actual lyric writing process. Like, walk me through an actual setting for you. Like, you sit down. Is there, like, candles and tea? Or, like, <laughs> yeah. What, what exactly? First,
2: I eat
1: some peyote. Okay. And then I, <laughs> and then I mow my lawn. <laughs> no sorry i don't I don't do that, but uh actually, I had a friend he used to, <laughs> this is years ago, but it just reminded me of him he 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 started like his own little like flyer kind of magazine thing that he would write up and deliver to his friends and that was his process. why he wouldn't do Peyote? but he would get high and he'd mow his lawn and he'd come up with these ideas while mowing his lawn that was his process so hey you can do it anyway that's not how I do it Mm -hmm. um sorry the question was how do I like what's my process for lyrics
0: lyrics specifically
1: uh oh well that's a tough one um lyrics for sure the that um I have to work harder on the lyrics me too the music seems to come easier and then the lyrics partly because I I put a lot of value on lyrics like I I love I love good lyrics I get excited about songs that have great lyrics um, when I hear them and that's often the things that really inspire me uh, musically are are the words in fact and I'm sure there's lots of people out there who feel the same way that you know a great song could be ruined by bad lyrics not that lyrics can't be meaningless and good that can happen, mm-hmm. but the there's such thing as just bad lyrics that jump out and to me ruin <laughs> ruin a song. So number one, I try to avoid that. Before uh, you move on, yes. what
0: makes a bad lyric, in your opinion?
1: Well, hey, now now we're getting into a philosophical debate, I guess. But and it's all
0: opinion. It's People don't totally, have to agree with totally you. Totally
1: opinion. Yeah, it's yeah. very subjective. Um, I guess just you know, I lazy lyrics really bug me. Like, uh, you can have really plain and. Um, mundane lyrics that are still interesting, I think, okay. or still serve the me- the song well. Mm-hmm. But I think there's such thing as lazy lyrics, and that I don't know. There's red flags for me, like uh, just tired cliches. I guess not that there's again there's room for that kind of thing, um, but it's it's definitely a, a, a careful line to walk, in my opinion. At least for me, I try to avoid those things. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, just. I want to. I want to he- hear words that that sound like they've they've come from somewhere deep inside someone, and that they've thought enough about those words and have a knowledge of how to use those as a tool to communicate something. Okay. And whether it's wh- whatever they want to communicate, whether it's something profound or something just fun or or goofy, I don't know. But I want to. I want to. And I think you can hear these things is is when people know how to use those tools. And the great songwriters are sort of masters at that. At using words and music, um, they they have a mastery of the tools. They can they can shape how you're going to feel yeah. using those. So, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a, there's a, a great spectrum, I would say.
0: Okay, so then, okay, so yeah, I'm tr- trying to avoid cliches and lazy writing is what I took from that. And
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've written a lot. I guess just to elaborate a bit on that, I've written a lot of songs with with other people also. And everybody has a different process. And I don't want to say that one way is better than, than another. But I, I definitely have a hard time. Um, like if something's not good enough, and I know it's not good enough, like a lyric, uh, I, I don't want to leave it in. Maybe I come back to it, or maybe I just don't that song doesn't get finished, but I try, I aim, this is my, my pursuit anyway, is to, to write songs that y- y- they're, you can't stick your finger through them, you know, from start to finish that, that I've, I've covered all bases that, you know, I didn't leave a shingle off the roof, so yeah. there's a, you know, a leak, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so the lyrics are part of that. I want, I want it all to come together like a really strong, unified piece.
0: Hmm. Okay. Then what during your songwriting process? So you, you avoid these certain things that you, you in your opinion, deem as maybe poor or weak writing. How, then what do you do?
1: What do I do? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's the, that's the hard part is what do you do after that? Uh, it's really hard writing a good song, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously it's something I'm, I'm working at all the time. Um,
2: how, yeah, about, how well, about,
0: let's do specifically with the song, uh, How Do I Say? Because we're going to be listening to that in just a little bit. What was your writing? Um, how did you write that song?
1: Okay. Well, that's an interesting one as an example, because that is a co-write. I wrote that with some other people. Okay. And uh, like I said, I've done that a little bit. and um, But that's the first song that ever came out of that process that I felt like I could keep singing <laughs> and, <laughs> and put on a record. Yeah so that one i wrote with two other people um uh one of them is a winnipegger dylan mcdonald
0: mm-hmm. oh from uh from middle, middle coast. coast okay yeah yeah
1: and uh and a, another guy andy Stochanski who's kind of been around forever and he he does a lot of songwriting and stuff and this was one of these things it was facilitated by manitoba music
0: one of those songwriting retreats yes okay yeah. Wonderful. And so they
1: brought him in. He's a Canadian, but he lives down in, um, this is Andy I'm talking about. He lives in California, in L.A., I think. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's a great guy. He's He's been around forever. Um was he, have he long was actually hair? No, it's okay, kind of I mean, short and curly. Sorry? But he okay. was actually um, Ani DeFranco's drummer when they were just a two-piece oh. way at the beginning. So uh, he he's kind of been around the block. But um, the three of us wrote that in one day. And so that's the neat thing about doing, like, a co-write like that is that, you kinda of sit down with people and it's like we're writing a song today. And so at the end of the day you have a song, whether it's a good one or or whatever. Or a meh. It kind of depends. But you end yep. up with something which is I don't often do that by myself unless, you know, lightning strikes and something jumps out really quickly, which sometimes happens, but not always. Um and so that song, uh, in particular, how do I say, uh, came about I, I sort of had a, mel- a guitar melody and some vocal melodies with no words. And I sort of brought that to them and they were into it. And we sort of carved out the melody a little bit more and, uh, and wrote the, the words. I can you know, I can't even remember how the, how it all came together. Um, but I remember having in my head, uh, the sort of, uh, I don't know if you, you know, Richard Linklater, the filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, but he made, uh, a I don't know him personally. Oh, okay. well, he's a good guy. No. <laughs> yeah. You know of him yep. as I do. And, uh, he, he, he made uh, a series of films. Um, I think the first one's called before sunrise and then, yeah, is it, yeah. do I get that right? Before sunrise,
0: midnight and before midnight and before, uh, I, I, I just actually recently watched one of them. Um, my, my boyfriend is a huge fan of those movies.
1: Yeah, they're fantastic. I mean, if you like sort of wordy, you know, uh, conversation movies where people just talk about life, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they're great. They're great movies. And the the first one, it's bugging me that I can't think of the second one's title. But anyway. I think Someone
0: the, will tweet you.
1: Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. One, <laughs> of my, one of my my many followers. Yeah. Um, the first one is uh, Before Sunrise. And, um, and it's just it's two people traveling and they meet each other, they're like backpacking through Europe or something, mm-hmm. and they meet each other. She's French from, from, from France, and he's American.
0: French from France?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I, you know.
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm teasing you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you
1: are teasing me. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of countries where they speak French as a primary language. That's true. True or false? It's
0: before sunrise, before sunset, and before, before midnight. Before sunset. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, texter, who texted in. <laughs> <laughs> before
1: sunrise. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, they, they meet, it's, it's, and the whole thing just takes place in one evening. Yeah. Basically, they spend a day together, and they sort of fall in love, I guess, in a sense. But then they have to part. They, they go separate ways, and it's sort of this big question of whether they see each other again. And that's how it ends. And so I sort of had that idea in my head uh, when we started talking about this song, and then together we kind of flushed it out.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to listen to the song now. You guys hear that? That's a really cool. That's a really interesting backstory. Um, so, everyone is listening. When we come back, we're going to talk more about touring and grant writing, um, and uh, the actual album release, which is what you're here for. People who are listening real here with Slow or Grant Davidson, he has an album release for his uh, album "Not About" or "Enough About Me," "Not mm-hmm. Enough About Me," which is on Thursday, September 28th. Uh, it's at 8 p.m. Doors open at 7:15. It's going to be at the West End Culture Center. Uh, where can people buy tickets?
1: Uh, I th- Well, um, you can get them at the West End for sure. Yeah. I think they're online, online. Uh, through Ticketfly or something. But okay. if you go to the West End website uh, or my website, mm-hmm. you'll find them.
0: And how much are tickets?
1: Uh, 15, $15 in advance.
0: Very exciting. So people, go buy those tickets while you listen to the song, uh, How Do I Say? Um, by Silly's. You're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on one UMFM. Mm-hmm. And welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 111.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Binyash. I'm here with Grant Davidson, also known as Slow Leaves. Hello. Welcome back. How was your walk around? The, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. We'll just
0: talk more about Link later. Um, so you just came back from a, a tour, correct? That's right. You were went to Vancouver and back. What was that like?
1: Uh, it was a lot of driving. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was yeah. fun. I went with uh, Micah Ehrenberg. If okay. You know him. Yep. And uh, part of his band so we sort of shared the same rhythm, rhythm section and kind of went as four people in two bands and played on each other's stuff it was it was a lot of fun it that's was cool. good yeah
0: um that's not your, i know it's not your first tour uh and we, we had talked about touring on uh on our first interview together um how it was kind of like something that you're doing but like because your son was so young it was kind of a struggle and i'd asked you if you would be doing longer tours when you got older have you started doing that already like going on extended uh not
1: well i I, you know like right now i sort of i don't i don't like doing anything more than three weeks okay that feels like a pretty well i think i think it's it's kind of three weeks is a long time to be away um and it's also but it's also long enough to have a decent tour Mm -hmm. i think so
0: um and is that because like you you miss home or you're just kind of done with being on the road or
1: Uh yeah, a bit of a bit of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um I definitely get a little bit road tired and missing my own bed, you know. But like my son, he's 7 now. Um but still, you know, it, obviously I miss him and I miss my wife Karen a lot. Um but also when I'm away, you know, like he's he has to go to school and and so there's there's a bit of uh someone has to pick up the slack when i'm not around because because i've been a stay-at-home dad basically um since he was a baby Mm -hmm. and so so i'm the one who's been taking him to school and back and all that so when i'm not there someone has to do it and so you know i just don't want to leave people with an undue burden for too long
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you had said that last time too which is um unfortunate as a musician we have to always rely on other people especially if we have to leave and, like, just, can you just feed my cats or can you feed my child? Yeah, <laughs> or
1: you need to teach your cat to play the tambourine.
0: Yeah, that's true. And if some people will bring their their um, kids on the, on tour with them, has that been a possibility for you? Or uh, you not
1: yet. That? I've thought about it. Uh, you <laughs> know, again, it's just, there's it's complicated logistically, but mm-hmm. it's doable. I think when they're really young, it's easier. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, he has a life. Like, he has school and Hockey and what swimming lessons, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Responsibilities. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, His yeah.
0: girlfriend and stuff.
1: Yeah, not yet.
0: No. <laughs> this doesn't make you uncomfortable. Um, and you have another tour coming up in October. You're going to yes. Toronto, correct?
1: Yeah, going to Toronto and then touring just around that area. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Ottawa, Montreal, Hamilton, Aurelia.
0: When when you are deciding your location, is it just because, like, it's it's Canada, so it's close? Or, like, wh- how do you choose your destinations and maybe even venues in the cities that you're going to for performing?
1: Well, I mean, you know, Toronto's a no-brainer because it's sort of the, you know... I never
0: would have thought to perform in Toronto.
1: Really? <laughs> 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 you said that so deadpan. You I know. I'm really at, good. Beat I'm, me at my own game I'm there.
0: really good at sarcasm.
1: Um yeah. So for obvious reasons, you know, Toronto, that's kind of where a lot of it's happening. So, and there's just so many people around there, you know, between those, that whole area is just, it's got the bulk Bumping. of the pop- population of Canada. So it only makes sense to make that a primary Canadian market. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's that, you know, and I've, I've been to tr- Toronto a number of times and there's sort of a handful of venues that I know of that are kind of the right size and the right sort of uh, cater to the, the right kind of audience for my music. And mm-hmm. so those are, those tend to be the ones I keep going back to. Okay. And you kind of start developing relationships with people at venues. So,
0: If somebody was planning a tour, someone who's listening and wants to go to Toronto, is there any people that you'd recommend that they contact or location that they should definitely look into possibly performing it? No. No. <laughs> just Google it.
2: <laughs>
1: it. Well, it just, it really depends. I mean, it, it depends on what kind of music you're <laughs> playing and, but, But definitely like talk to talk to people that, you know, who are in similar bands or other musicians and see where they've played Okay. or even at the very least, you know, you can Google bands that you like and and maybe that are at a similar level and just look at their tour posters or whatever
0: level in terms of like what?
1: Well, I mean, you might like a band, but if they're playing, you know, the Maple Leaf Gardens, you might not want to go for that. I don't even know who you'd email if you wanted to get a gig at the Maple Leaf Gardens.
0: I don't even know what that is. Is that a big deal? It's a
1: giant hockey arena.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: I don't even know if they have the Maple Leaf Gardens <laughs> anywhere. I think they might have torn it down. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, you can go and stand there and just like, everyone just come bring a candle. Yeah. and
1: what I, All I mean is that, you know, there's, there's big venues and there's little venues. And, you know, depending on what kind of audience you think you can bring in, mm-hmm. um, you might want to you know, make some decisions based on the size of the venue also.
0: Okay. Quick question that's not related to touring, but I want to know what's your favorite venue to perform in in Winnipeg?
1: Oh, uh, good question. Um, I don't know. I really like the times changed. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's just a fun place to play and it it never feels like it's too much stress. Like I really love, you know, I really love playing the West end. Like I like a, I like a quiet listening audience. It kind of suits, suits me. Um, but you know, but it, it also feels a little stiffer when you're on mm-hmm. a stage like that. Um, whereas you know, a place like the Times is there's just a looseness to it. Yeah, they have like those like fun.
0: coat things on this that you can grab and wear and <laughs> those
1: coats, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I like playing the Goodwill too.
0: Mm-hmm. Just all of them.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want to yeah. pick a favorite. I
0: think, but I saw um, I saw you open for Sir uh, Noble. Yes, and it was really good. Good show, by the way.
1: Oh, you were there. I was there. Oh, thank you. I was
0: watching you. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good. I really enjoyed that. You got—you have a really good stage presence. You're very charismatic, and and obviously, you're very goofy, and uh, that's how we get along so well. Uh, <laughs> um, I but appreciate that. How do you? How do you? Uh, how do you um, I guess evoke or what do you do to to be comfortable and confident on the stage like that? Uh,
1: I don't know. It's taken some practice. When I used to, when I was younger, I wouldn't say. I would say hardly anything mm-hmm. so i didn't know what to say the song but then it just you know it just kind of clicked uh mm-hmm. that you know i i tend to play a lot of the songs i play are there's like a heaviness to them at least like lyrically and the sort of a lot of the melodies are kind of melancholy and relaxed um and uh you know I, I think a little levity between songs can go a long way just for making a more enjoyable experience for the audience but also to you know to let people know like hey, you know they don't need to call 9-1 and then wait for me to commit suicide and uh, uh, you know yeah um that uh yeah there's there's, there's people are multi-dimensional yeah but, but um yeah so i don't know i and then i just started telling realizing there were stories behind the songs and i started with that and then and then i found out i really enjoyed it i like i like talking to the audience in fact probably too much like some <laughs> often i'll <laughs> I'll talk longer than the song, the songs that I play. Um, but I do, I do enjoy it to me. That's like, you know, it's great to feel that conne- like sometimes you, when the show, when it, when it's a good show and things, uh, you know, are working out, you do feel like a good connection with the audience through the music during the songs. Mm-hmm. And that's the best feeling. Um, but you can also get that just talking to them, you know, just being people in a room and I don't know. I mean, it's a one way thing a little bit. Cause I'm, just talking about me one of my favorite subjects <laughs> 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 but um and they're forced to listen to it so it's great
0: yeah oh good i, I just okay good that's really all i wanted to ask about that i want to go back to the touring thing because you in february you are going to germany possibly yes that's the plan
1: y- yeah it's, you it's have, looking that way yeah. mm,
0: you have been to europe performing before on tour yes uh yep yeah. Uh, and you actually got signed to a German label.
1: Yeah, that's really recent. I have congratulations. E- thank you. Mm-hmm. I I haven't even um, tweeted or Facebooked oh, sorry. about it even.
0: Should I have not? had said. No, that? it's okay. okay. It's
1: too late it's now. It's Okay, we're live. No, in case you forgot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's true, and it, it's exciting. Yeah, it's a it's a small label, a small German label, but but um, you know, I went to Germany once uh, in last spring and did a little tour there and and also played in the uk but it was it was great i really loved it and it's um there's i think there's a there's a reason why a lot of winnipeg or well winnipeg and canadian bands mm-hmm. uh are going over there more often it's just it's a much more rewarding touring experience and there's a there's just seems to be like a healthy culture there of people who go see live music and so you know it, it right away it was it was it felt like a place i wanted to go back to and so uh connecting with this label and and having that you know underway uh it's good it just sort of helps it'll it'll help sort of you know build something there which is what i'd like to do yeah yeah
0: um what what made you decide to go over to europe and and go across an ocean to share your music with people who've probably never heard of you
1: Yeah, well... I mean, they
0: probably have, but...
1: It all started... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't... Not many of them, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, It all started because I I got invited to a festival in Wales. Um, Well, it was sort of two things. I got invited to a festival in Wales. um, So that was a good excuse to go. Um, But also I met uh, an agent from Germany um, through some mutual friends, but he he was here for a few events. And I think it was Breakout West... Last year, previous one in Regina, Mm -hmm. and he was there. And afterwards, he's like, "Let's do a tour in Germany." And I said, "Okay." (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so those sort of two things came together, and and that's why that happened.
0: And it was awesome, obviously, because you're going back. And
1: it was great. It was the first tour that I ever had um, where there wasn't a moment—at least one moment—where I was like, "What am I doing with my life?" (laughs) You know. Yeah, well, that happens. Anybody who's toured knows that feeling, and um, and it happens more frequently more frequently than you'd like. But I'd say, I, I guess, at the very least, even when things aren't going great, like yeah. if a show isn't great or something's not working out, um, you're still in Europe, which is, which is a pretty good place to be, mm-hmm. rather than say, you know, not to knock on any place, but like I don't know, the middle of Saskatchewan or something, or the Midwest Midwest uh, U.S. where yeah.
0: the pro- like the problem there is just that there's so much space. I think. Yeah. And like you go to one show and then you have to wait so long to go to the n- to the next show. That's that's what I feel like would be the issue. Well, the,
1: yeah, that's a whole nother thing for sure. You you can tour around, you can you can visit a lot of cities in a very short period of time. In fact, over there, you know, they talking to people like, you know, a 3-hour drive is nothing to us over there. It's like, "Oh, that's far." You know. <laughs> it's
0: like that's, it's just where, a, that's yeah, I go home. A
1: different different relationship with space.
0: That's really interesting. That would be a total a really fun conversation to have another time because we are coming to the end of the show uh not quite yet though um did you apply for any kind of grants when you did your or this album uh, enough about me yes and what was that process like
1: uh mostly it's kind of painful but you hope that you get money in the end and um yeah i i i got funded through manitoba film and music okay um and uh yeah i don't know i mean I, my last record was also funded by them so i i knew a little bit of the process and um yeah it's kind of a lot of work uh you know i don't know that's a, that's a whole another hour of discussion i'm sure like I, I i still don't really know what i'm doing i just <laughs> hope i'm putting in things that are right and someone likes it when they read it yeah um but it's a lot of guesswork
0: okay do you so um just as someone who is starting to get into grant writing process i know it's a very daunting task and i know it's a conversation that could go on for hours but um what would advice would you give to some i know you said you're still kind of guessing but what would you recommend people really make sure that they know or have ready before they start even thinking about the grant process
1: oh good question well you know, I would say, first of all, like, you you know, you can, you can get someone to write a grant for you. And I think if you don't, okay, never mind, if you're never totally me. in over your head, <laughs> then that's a good place to start. Yeah. That's worth it. Um, but otherwise, oh, I don't know. It's a good question. I'd, I'd have to look at it, at an application, a, an application to and see what goes in there. But, um, it helps to have, you know, some things happening like, you know, um, a bit of a team always helps like people that can help you because yeah. if you send an application and it's just you and you have no very little experience and, um, you know, they might not want to put a whole lot of funding into you. Mm-hmm. But if you're working with people who do have experience, um, you know, the, the funders might be a little more confident that, that things will go in the right direction or at least you can access, um, you have access to certain networks of people that could potentially help you build yeah. your career. So I think that's a big part is to try to build your team. And I know people used to say that to me early on and I was like, well, how do I do that? I don't know. Um, but yeah. over time, no, no, hopefully yeah. you just, you meet some people. Start a radio show
0: <laughs> and interview people. Yeah, there you go. Um, but what do you mean by people? Do you mean like people you're writing music with or people who No, I mean, are I mean
1: people who can, who have access to, um, the people in the industry, I guess is what I'm getting at. So that could be like, I mean, a manager, I mean, anybody can call themselves a manager. So if you have one of those, (laughs) a a, a good manager is even better, but you know, something like if you have a manager or if you have a booking agent, Mm -hmm. um, or even just like advisors, like people that you can talk to that, that are in, are in the industry and can kind of guide you a little bit with, I don't know, like something like, Oh, you want a tour? Like, well, maybe you should You could reach out to this person who's an agent, or maybe you could, um, email this person at, at this venue who might help you get started. Or, um, you know, these are, these are showcases that you should start applying for because then maybe you'll meet some people there that will be interested in helping you. Hmm. Or like go
0: to Manitoba Music or Breakout West or, um, all those fun conferences that happen or even just going to a show?
1: The first place I would say is, you're right, go to Manitoba Music and just talk to people there, maybe set up a meeting. Mm -hmm. Very friendly people, and that's their job. They're there to help you. They want to do that. So that's a great place to start.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Um, So this album release... As I've said before, it's on September 20th, which is uh, next right. Thursday at the West End Culture Center. Um, it starts at 8, doors open at 7.15. Uh, you can buy tickets at the West End or at com. I will probably include a link for people on the blog post uh, later this week. So if you want to wait until then, you can do that too. Uh, or you can do it right now while we're talking.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, I should say too that uh, Carly Dow is opening the show.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, She is a friend of the show. She's been on. Oh, great. Um, that's wonderful. Uh, anyone
1: else? no <laughs>
0: no why, is, why Why did you decide to have Carly Dow just similar sound or
1: uh yeah I, I've known Carly for a while now and we've uh I, yeah she's a great songwriter and a great person and mm-hmm. I think uh it, it's a nice compliment to the show
0: Hmm. definitely she's wonderful oh I'm excited I probably should come um <laughs> right <laughs> after work and come hear it um so before we started actually the interview you said that there were some loose ends that you were trying to just find and finish up before the show uh what is it like now uh as we ap- as we approach the actual day of the release
1: uh well that part isn't too bad because yep. you know the the band that i'm playing with we've been playing for a while and okay so that part i'm not too worried it's the loose ends i mean you just described my life it's just loose <laughs> loose straggly ends that i don't know where they are sometimes <laughs> um but it's it's a lot of other stuff it's it's organizing the tours coming up and getting you know just everything in place Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a nightmare for me but
0: Mm -hmm. i wonder because you had announced the this show quite a while back so i'm assuming you've had had it planned for a while um what is what goes into planning an album release show like anything magical it's different than a regular show
2: uh
1: yeah well i guess usually people want it to be a little bit more special i don't know uh
0: you have the glitter and stuff? right? Glitter,
1: not yet, but uh, that's a good suggestion. I'll write that down. Good. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, obviously, you put a little bit more thought into it. You want it to be a little bit more special, a little bit more um, smooth. But really, I just want it to be um, like I want any of my shows to be. It's just for the music to come across with the weight of the emotion that I put into it. And I want people to feel that the way it's intended
0: mm-hmm. you just wanted to be charming and perfect
1: i don't know about perfect
0: no close to perfect sure sure okay good. so we're gonna have to wrap up the show soon but i would like you to talk about the, the our final song chinatown um what inspired that
1: <laughs> yeah that was inspired by a few things i guess number one that the title comes from um the movie chinatown a uh, Roman Polanski movie from the seventies mm-hmm. with Jack Nicholson. Um, I'd watched it. it's a classic, and um, you know it's kind of got a dark ending about relationships and and uh, and it just got me thinking about movies, you know, movies and relationships, and it brought me back to um, my girlfriend when I that I had when I was nineteen, and it was one of these relationships, like a lot of teenage relationships, where it was full of all sorts of drama um, that. What? Um, yeah exactly and uh and i remember thinking back then like you know the drama was so heightened um it it's i, I felt like i was in like a bad like a uh, romantic comedy or something like we were on some set some actors in a play um and so you know later on seeing these movies thinking about movies thinking about that relationship those kind of things came together and also another great movie that I, I watched around that time was Casablanca mm-hmm. you know a classic that I just never had never seen I watched it it's a wonderful film uh, you know has kind of a nice ending it's maybe not the best romantic ending but it's got a nice ending everything wraps up nicely Chinatown
0: don't spoil it I haven't seen it is
1: yet not as happy of an okay. ending and I guess it. you know <clears throat> I was introduced to this song by saying um, sometimes people enter relationships and they they want to be in Casablanca but they end up in Chinatown
0: oh I love it. I wish we were just going to start it right now, but I have other questions for you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. That's
0: wonderful. Um, so it's just, I guess, about that relationship and.
1: It's a, yeah, and then I guess you know I wanted to be clever and put um, reference movies and TV in there.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you I, all these songs or almost all these songs um, are inspired by films. Have you noticed that? Like do, is that?
1: That's are, well, th- yeah. There's some truth in there. Uh, I love films. I always thought like if if I wasn't doing music that i'd love to be involved in films in some way
0: Mm -hmm. oh you could write music for films
1: yeah well yeah there you go
0: your next um project i'm just kidding (laughs) but that would be really cool (laughs) that would be cool um it could be just like guitar or something i don't know i don't know how to, to do that uh so where can people find you and your music online on social media and so forth
1: well all the usual places facebook at i don't know slow leaves whatever backslash whatever enter that's good. <laughs> and uh, slowly, uh, yeah twitter same a picture thing of your at face. slow leaves um, i'm on instagram mm-hmm. and and i have a website uh, slowleaves.com mm-hmm. so yeah i you know i don't know i'm easy to find google it
0: yeah do you have snapchat
1: no <sighs>
0: just kidding i don't feel like that's your demographic uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably 12 year olds um Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. This has been wonderful. Thanks for having me. I have really enjoyed uh, talking to you again and finding out more about your life. Uh, Some people who are listening, uh, if you missed the first half of this interview, uh, don't worry. It will be on um, umfm.com as well as on com in uh, podcast form as well as on Google Play and iTunes where you can listen to it for free whenever you want. You can download it and do whatever. a blog post will also contain the links to the social media that uh, Grant has mentioned earlier. So if you don't want to Google it for some reason, it's there. So you can click it. Uh, is there anything that you would like to add before we go?
1: Um, no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, anytime. You can come back, you know, anytime. Um, so everyone, this is, oops, Slow Leaves. Sorry, Slow Leaves uh, or Grant And Do you want me, can I say, should I say Grant every time or?
1: That's up to you. <laughs> Just you me. can call me Grant.
0: I can, oh, wow. Yeah. But um, when I'm introducing you, I call you Slow Leaves. Sure. Okay. So this is Slow Leaves. Uh, <laughs> your album release, uh, or Enough About Me, is on September 28th or next Thursday uh, at 8 p.m. The doors open at 7.15 uh, it's at the West End Culture Center. For people who would like to purchase tickets, you can do so either at the West End um, or on Ticketfly.com or just find Grant. and he, um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a Facebook event or something. Yeah, I don't know. And Or I'll- go to the West End uh, website.
0: Yeah, and I'll include a link to that as well For people who are lazy and like me um, So everyone thank you so much for tuning in To the Winnipeg Music Project on one point five UMFM We are now listening to Chinatown
2: You were always 18 In the back of my mind Living off a daydream Hollywood and fine stars in a tragedy. We were cutting loose, busy putting our necks out and taking turns with the news, acting for the cameras. There's been water in the sink For maybe three days Nobody dared reaching in To pull out the drain He said, hey Sam My songs were set up for predictable rhymes, I said I was fed up with this pantomime. You always put your makeup on.